Chapter Thirteen of Stories of the Victoria Cross by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Storming the Taku Forts. In eighteen fifty eight, a treaty was made between Great Britain and France on the one side and China on the other in which it was agreed that great britain should send a minister to reside in pekin and that british subjects should be allowed to travel in china one of the conditions of this agreement was that it should be ratified at pekin within a year the chinese strongly objected to the presence of foreigners in their sacred capital accordingly when the ambassadors arrived at the mouth of the river Peho, they found their farther progress barred and on attempting to force a passage they were repulsed with a loss of many of their escort this brought about a war with china a land most remarkable for its quaint details its remoteness from all european sympathies so strangely exclusive and known to us only and vaguely as the celestial empire with the wonderful wall that girds it as the land of tea and opium of aladdin and the wonderful lamp in eighteen sixty a british expedition was dispatched to china under the command of sir james hope grant there our force was joined by the french troops and together the allies advanced to storm the taku forts the country over which the troops had to pass was in appearance anything but cheerful black mud and pools of brackish water everywhere met the eye the water in these pools was quite undrinkable not a well was to be found and the district was dotted by sand-hills only useful for skirmishing riflemen in the marshy ground the men often sank up to their waists and could only extricate themselves after most exhausting efforts to help the soldiers in their advance against the forts it was resolved to make roads and the engineers at once set to work in spite of the almost incessant fire from the forts the roads were speedily completed and on the twentieth of august the soldiers heard with joy that the attack would be made on the following morning before dawn on the twenty-first the troops advanced when day broke the chinese opened fire from all the forts our guns replied and soon the storm of war raged in all its fury a well-directed shot entered the enemy's magazine which exploded with terrific violence shaking the country round about for miles as if by an earthquake shock the guns in the fort were silenced shortly afterwards a storming party now advanced accompanied by a detachment of marines carrying a pontoon bridge for the passage of the wet ditches in front of the fort then the enemy opened a heavy fire from their rifles 
and the advance was continued under a shower of bullets the efforts of the marines to lay down the pontoon bridge were unsuccessful and after sixteen men had been wounded the attempt had to be abandoned the french storming party were more successful in crossing the ditches they employed a number of chinese coolies to carry scaling ladders and when these were found to be too short for their purpose the coolies gallantly jumped into the water and held the ladders on their shoulders till the french got across several of our soldiers took advantage of this human bridge but the greater number swam or waded to the other side on reaching the fort the french attempted to climb the walls but they encountered a most vigorous resistance and as fast as they reached the top they were slain or hurled back by the defenders the british however succeeded in effecting a breach large enough to admit one man at a time and through this small opening the soldiers rushed to the final capture meanwhile the british and french troops were eagerly striving for the honour of first planting a flag on the fort ensign chaplin who carried the colours of the sixty seventh regiment was foremost in this friendly rivalry after the explosion of the chinese magazine when the order to advance was given he rushed forward at the head of the regiment holding the standard proudly aloft before he had gone many yards he received a bullet in the arm down dropped the flag but only for a moment while chaplin hastily bound his handkerchief round the wound then he went after the regiment and once more took his place in the front though repeatedly urged by his comrades to go to the rear he refused and stuck to the colours determined that nothing but death should hinder him from planting the english flag first on the highest part of the fort in crossing the ditch chaplin met the french colour-bearer and playfully challenged that officer to enter the fort before him a terrible scene of confusion followed the repulse of the french storming party but throughout all the gallant ensign was eagerly on the watch for a chance to enter when at length the breach was made chaplin rushed in and clearing a path for himself hurried towards the goal of his ambition he allowed no one to impede his progress friends were pushed on one side and foes were stretched upon the ground a second wound more serious than the first caused him to stagger and one of the soldiers rushed forward to seize the colours chaplin only tightened his grasp on the flagstaff and turning a deaf ear to all warnings hurried on it was not likely that he who had dared so much was going to give in now that success was about to crown his efforts no indeed true the french were behind him but if he paused the chances were that their standard-bearer would rush in and win the race for glory so he struggled up to the highest point of the fort 
where he planted the english standard in triumph being the first to mount to the position chaplin had just succeeded in his self-imposed task when a shot from a chinese rifle struck him in the leg and he fell severely wounded though weak from loss of blood he held his ground till the regiment came up and saved him from falling into the hands of the enemy then the chinese garrison who had fought throughout with the most determined gallantry fled and the victory was won for his bravery on this occasion chaplin received the victoria cross End of chapter thirteen